Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to be doing a Target review. And uh, we've selected, for, for your reading pleasure, um, Attack of the Cybermen by Eric Saywood. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think you can judge by the tone of our voices, you know what to expect uh, from our review. So anyway, um, let's do some news. Now, um, as we record on Monday the 13th of March, we've just had a new Series 10 trailer, haven't we? Yes. Yes. Um, now, I know, you, as we, I think, long-time listeners will know, that um, you don't get too excited about trailers, do you? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Um, but quite a nice little little trailer, nice little flavour of what's to come. Um, now, unfortunately, this trailer was actually leaked at the weekend, wasn't it? You didn't see it, though. Did I, you? Di- I didn't see it, no, because I had to ask no. you before we started, was that the same one? <laughs> yes, and, and it was. It was exactly the same trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you get a nice little glimpse of, um, well, something we're going to talk about next. Um, the, the new look Ice Warrior, which does appear um, to be a female Ice Warrior. Um, and these emoji robots, and, and, and uh, which people already started moaning about, apparently. Right. Oh. Yeah, for, I, I don't understand why. I haven't no. seen a, a, you know, haven't seen the damn episode already. Of people are, uh, are getting upset about them for some no, bizarre no. reason. It, but, yeah, um, it, yes, it was good to see the Ice Warrior. I must admit, that was yes, a, it was a clearer was. image. Yes, um, and some other things we were. I, I was sort of creatures we don't know what the hell they are yet they look a bit sort of um sort of pyrovillian some of them yes. uh, whether that, whether they are or not that remains to be seen that's remains to be seen and i couldn't work uh, out whether the one that was <clears throat> looking around the the wooden um paneling was wooden as well yeah that. yeah I, that that look a bit um bit peculiar but um yeah it, it does they are bringing good. them back from the end of the world aren't they <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! So well, I know, I know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry, no, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go on. Well, I was, was going to say. I mean, along with the the new trailer that the um, BBC also released a new um, image as well, uh, which is of the Doctor and Nardo um, sort of trying to rescue Bill. It seems um, from sort of uh, sort of ice covered water, which might might tie into one of the episodes, which I think belongs when the the Thames froze back in the. 1800s or something right. um, but it all seems to heavily reference Mars as well doesn't it in this picture Mars and Earth yes well presuming that's what they that's, are yeah um, does this mean that the Ice Warriors are playing a larger part in this series or is it's just a little teaser as to what's to come who knows yeah, and there's a city on so. fire as well isn't there so mm. Mm. who knows who knows on that? But it, it's certainly shaping up to be good, and it's sort of the excitement is, is mounting because we're nearly there. We're nearly yeah. there, folks. Only a, a couple more it's weeks a, to go. It's a month um, to go, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly. So um, now the other thing, as well, that sort of um, I think caught a few people off off um, off guard. It's the first episode um, of this new series. Was originally titled, was it the the girl with the star with stars in her eyes? Yeah. Um, it's now called, as the BBC have confirmed today, the pilot. Yes, which is a completely different sort of. <laughs> it doesn't even sort of tie into a girl, with, you know, a girl with the star, stars in her eyes. Um, now, I've sort of read that this sort of ties into what they've done with this new series, in that that it's like a, a completely fresh take on Doctor Who. It's like the series has been rebooted, and it's for 
new audience to uh, to, to come in and, and watch it um, without any. Well, I can't say without say without any baggage, but because um, you've got Ice Warriors and Mondasian Sovmen in it, which we'll come on to in a minute. So, uh, <laughs> but um, maybe that may. I mean, if this is the way they're going to, you know, they're going to go. Um, do you think this is sort of say like a, 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 a sort of a plan to get the get the viewers back in again? I don't know. It just seems, it seems very odd if you're looking to sort of reboot a series when you know next series you've got to reboot it again. Yes, that's sort of slightly makes you think. Well, hang on a minute. Is that just doing it once too often, too quickly? Mm. Well, maybe it's sort of reboot from the point of view you're seeing it through a, a new companion's eyes, aren't you? Um, yeah. Because I mean, for the last few series we've had Clara. Yeah. Sort of spanning two doctors, so um, I suppose it's sort of like starting all over again to to a certain degree. Don't know. I don't know. It, it's it, I'm I'm really I really can't wait for this to start now. Um, it sort of really has sort of piqued my interest. Um, I think mainly because it's compelled his last season more than anything else. Yeah, and you sort you of know, think, you sort of want him to go out with a bang, really, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, um, I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people have been disappointed by his last two series. I haven't, personally. Um, I've very much enjoyed it, and I just hope this this will sort of silence some of the naysayers. Hmm. Really, I really do. But um, now, as we just briefly discussed, while we last um, off air, we had um, a nice sort of image of Capaldi with. Mondasian Cybermen, and not just any old Mondasian Cybermen, but the Tenth Planet Cybermen, the original Cybermen. Yeah, um, I mean, I must admit, actually, that's the <clears> one <throat> thing in the trailer. I wish they could have got that trailer out before they released this yes. as an image, just because yeah. that glimpse of them in the trailer would have just been wow. Yeah, yeah, it really would have been, wouldn't it? It really would have been. Um, Interesting, this, um, because now this has sort of led us into a bit of a theory, hasn't it? We were, we were talking about this in the pub on Saturday night, weren't yes. we? <laughs> and if we'd taken a recorder with us, we could have just... You could have just done the news there and then, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> saved ourselves a bit of trouble tonight, really. <laughs> now, um, we, we've got a bit of a theory. We actually reckon um, that Capaldi will regenerate at the end of this series. Now, I don't think we're alone... In this, and the reason we're saying it is is because of the Mondasian Sovmen, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the whole, and particularly the tenth planet. So, is that going to be like? Is, is the, does he really want to go and sort of recreate Hartnell's you know, last story, and yeah. as his as his last story? Well, this because apparently this is done as um, I think Moffat's written this for. Um, Capaldi because it was his he wanted to have these Cybermen this particular version of Cybermen um, in you know in, in his final season so whether it, we're just reading too much into it is this a not I think it's quite a nice little theory isn't it? and if they do do it I mean if they are trying to keep let's let's suppose um, that they have actually cast the new Doctor hmm and this is just uh, this whole thing about yeah he's going to be doing like you know the Christmas special mate. It's, it's this is a massive rug pull. Yeah. Who knows? It'd be a good one to do. We just couldn't work out what they do at Christmas though, could we? Because obviously Moffat wouldn't want to be directing. Well, say he wouldn't want to, but it'd be a bit odd for him to he's to direct the first episode of the new Doctor. 
Exactly. Which again, which which is I think what we're, what we're alluding to is this whole thing about Capaldi and Moffat are both going to bow out at Christmas is a massive red herring. Yeah. It's just a just a a wild theory that we've just sort of just because we've seen some on Dacian Cybermen's <laughs> and come up with this, but and we I think yeah, Chris Chibnall always going to step in and do the. Um, I was trying to work out when they film the, the Christmas special, and do they start filming that before episode twelve is shown? Because um... that would be the tester it, for it well because you could get away with ones doing one scene with a new doctor mm. and people wouldn't see whatever but you'd be pushed to do the christmas special with a completely new doctor without it leaking yeah i mean i, I really do hope they do try and film without a, a you know the Chris with a new doctor and this is just gonna be a massive surprise for everybody um I mean, our other theory no, was that no, the no, Christmas I mean, special would actually just be uh, an updated version of Canine and Company. <laughs> <laughs> Handles and Company. Is what yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that, that, that would that would be uh, that would be a twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a sort of little theory we had because it's sort of like you know this was sort of. Capaldi's wish, you know, before he bowed out, was to have them, and because they sort of, they they did for Hartnell's Doctor, yeah. Uh, whether they whether they're going to do for um, Capaldi's Doctor as well, it does seem to be set. Some of the set photos I've seen, uh, actually, no, I'm not going to say that because it might be construed as spoilers. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to. I've seen some photos of the filming, mm. um, which I yeah, I'm not going to go into to be honest, because I think it is a spoiler. It's out there if you want to see it. To be honest, there's loads of people snapping away on the on the on the in Cardiff. So, um, but I think what a lot of people are hoping for uh, is this is like a an adaptation of um, Spare Parts. Yeah. Um, which I don't think it will be. To be honest, because I think if you're going to do Spare Parts, or then just do Spare Parts. Really, if, if you're going to do it, because it's it's such a great story. Yeah, I don't, it's just, it oh, I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because apparently, isn't the the vinyl version of that being released during the 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 while the series is on? Is it? I, I've, I haven't heard that. Yeah. I haven't heard that. So it is. It is interesting. Yeah, they're they're getting that out. <laughs> To, co- more, to more or less coincide so, with this as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does sound interesting. But um, anyway, that that was just our little little theory. It's, it's nice mm. to have a little um, sort, of, sort, of, uh, sort of let you let your mind run run right now and again with these sort of things. But um, it's probably a case of like two and two plus equals five here. But um, yeah, yeah. But it wouldn't it be nice though if it, it was just a genuine surprise. Yeah, it really would be. But. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll find out in a few weeks' time. We'll find out in a few weeks' time. Now, um, lastly, um, in the news for this week, um, something else was confirmed uh, whilst we, we were, sort of, after we actually, I think we just finished recording, actually, um, is that the first episode of Series 10 of Doctor Who, as we now know, is called The Pilot, um, is going to get a US uh, cinema release. Um, so... Um, at the moment, it's just in the US. I don't think they're going to... They didn't do it for the UK last year, did they? Or year before now, I should say. No. 
So I think we're um, definitely sort of not going to get that again. But I think we discussed this before. Do we really want it? You know, every time there's a new series, um, the first episode gets released at the cinema. No. We didn't. We, we think we both agreed we didn't because it was just a case of, well, it should be, some, say, for something special. Yeah, obviously the last episode 12 for the regeneration scene, so everyone... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, of course. <laughs> for the shock of that happening, huh? In a, in a, in a big audience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. That'd be good. Because, I mean, when we went and saw um, uh, Day of the Doctor, there, was, there were some people who hadn't actually watched it on, on transmission, because we went to the pictures after, didn't we? Yeah. After after it had aired. Um, and there were people who hadn't seen it on, on, on the telly. And just to listen to them when they saw um, Aker pulled his eyes when he went to No Sir All 13. And then when Tom Baker walked on at the end as well. Yeah. Um, it, it was quite good to the, the, you know, the shock. Oh, you you, you just spoil people. it for all those people that haven't watched <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <Yeah>. Sodom. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you'd listen to this podcast as a big Doctor Who fan before you watched the 50th anniversary. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, you know, people do hang on our every word, Paul. You know, come on. <laughs> you know, if we don't talk about it, mate, then it, 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 no, you it know, doesn't it's, exist. It's not, it doesn't exist. It's not worth talking about if we don't talk about it. So. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if it's going to be shown anywhere else around the world, but it's been um, organised by Fathom Events, who I think um, arranged it last time. Yeah. As well. So um, so there you go. There you go. So I think, um, I think that, Canada had it as well last year, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Now, for those of you who want to, I don't know where whereabouts in the cinemas it's going to be shown in the States. It just, it just is across the United States. But it's going to be shown on the 17th and 19th of April, with apparently with some additional features as well, which will probably end up on the DVD. Yeah. Or, or maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, everybody. Well, that is pretty much it for the news. I mean, it's a pretty short um, news list um, this week. But. Um, no doubt, as we're getting nearer to the series, then there might be a few more, um, few more things to discuss. Who knows? They, they do tend to start to drip feed things leading up to the, the uh, premiere, don't they? Yeah. The BBC. So we'll uh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So um, as we said at the top of the show this week, we're, we are doing uh, a review of the target novelisation of Attack of the Cybermen. So that's coming up next. So for another week, then that was the news. Right then, everybody, it's time for another Target review. And, of course, this time we are doing Attack of the Cybermen, written by Eric Saywood. Uh, this particular Target book was released in April 1989, so it was quite a, a late release, um, this one, Yes, as far as, as far as Target books go. So, um, and it's my turn to kick things off, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Now, um, the last time... We uh, covered an Eric Sower book. It was The Twin Dilemma? Yes. I think, wasn't it? Um, and we and we kind of perplexed by some of the things that he included in that particular yeah. book. And I've got to admit, I'm, I'm kind of perplexed about some of the things he included in this book as well. O- opening page, first page. 
<laughs> then a cat comes into the room. Was you waiting yes. for it? <laughs> I was. I was waiting for the cat. If anyone has, who, who was who has read the novelisation of the Twin Dilemma, there's a section in that book which um, has got nothing to do with the story, but he decided to write a, a little couple of paragraphs about a cat in in the garden, um, hunting something and looking up at the stars, basically, um, and knowing and what's going on in the universe. Yes, indeed, and it had no bearing on the plot whatsoever. Um, and lo and behold, another cat makes an appearance. I'm going to wonder, is this a meme in Eric Saywood's books or something? There's got to be a cat in it at some point. I don't know, but it just did. I thought, oh, come on, please. It's sort of at the bottom of the first page, and you just wanted to get turn the page to find out where we got the cat's perspective on what was going on. <laughs> I reckon he's sponsored by Whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> Of those you don't know, um, Whiskers is a, is a brand of cat food in the UK. I don't, I don't know if it's available across the rest of the planet, but um, ask your cat, he might be able to tell you. Um, <laughs> hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with being sponsored by Whiskers. <laughs> if they want to sponsor us, we're quite happy to take any money. Quite happy. I do actually have a cat. He doesn't actually he doesn't actually like Whiskers. So um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you've blown that. I'm trying to line up a sponsorship deal, and there you are. <laughs> However, if the if the makers of James Well Beloved are um, <laughs> are listening, our cat loves it. I'm telling you. Um, but also, only a, a cat. We get a mouse as well in this one, don't we? Yes. He's he's, he's addressed the, uh, the the cat mouse <laughs> balance here. Is that the yin and yang he's got there <laughs> of, of the animal kingdom? <laughs> oh dear. But um. The, the, the one thing I thought, well, why, why include this? And I think this is again um, in the opening opening sort of page um, it's the Charlie Griffiths character now there's there's a big change in the in, in the book version to the TV version because um, Charlie Griffiths on the TV version is basically Brian Glover yes a very bald thick set Yorkshireman um, of, of, of in, in like middle aged um, but in the book he's 35 and lives, and lives with his mum yes and he's a bit of a flash so-and-so as well, um, it, it seems. Um, but why Eric Sayworth felt the need to say he was watching an effeminate man on breakfast television? Yes. <laughs> now, yeah, consider, considering it was, it was, this was from 1989, you could have accepted it had it been written at the time, perhaps even, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I just thought, who, who are you referencing there? Was, was he talking about... Um, Oh, it was that was it that weatherman? You said was it Francis Wilson? You saw BBC BBC Breakfast. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't he wasn't know. wasn't effeminate though, was he? It just right, needs I mean. anything like that. I mean, why no, it do doesn't. it? I know. Well, why? Oh, it just, it, that just really perplexed me. If, that, the, that, if, this, that, if this had been a, if this had been a seventies Target novel, you'd have said, "Well, it's that's it's that it's what was said then." Exactly. Now, but it, I mean, not, okay. But not by the, the, the time eight, this comes along. Well, no. I mean, I mean, the eighties were still a little bit dodgy with its. Um, but but by early eighties, political correctness had was quite sort of firmly set in everyone's psyche, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't. I can't think. Why and and and, and, and and you could understand. Well, you couldn't understand. Well, couldn't understand it. But but there would have been some point to it had it been a character, and he was trying to dis- trying to shorthand describe what the character was. Yeah. By stereotyping him. Yeah, but exactly. It was just that's completely throwaway line. Yeah, and again, had absolutely no bearing on anything, did it? No, absolutely nothing. It was just—it's just peculiar. It's just really, really peculiar. Um, 
However, um, it sort of sort of sort of goes on a little bit more, and it's a little bit different. You get a lot more of a because in the TV version, you just see this. Um, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it's a full Cortina or not, or like a full Granada pull up, and you've got Lytton's gang Granada. already in the car, aren't they? But in this, you've got them all meeting up and not really talking to one another. And well, it's it's completely different order of everything, isn't it? Because basically, yeah. what you get is. The first four chapters are basically just the gang, and it's basically a crime thriller. Yeah, there's nothing really in there that's. I mean, because the Doctor doesn't turn up till the fourth chapter. No, exactly. The Cybermen, just literally as the Cybermen turn up, so it isn't. The first three chapters are just a complete, just sort of cops and robbers caper. It is. Um, he spends a lot of time sort of setting that up, really, doesn't yeah. he? Now, I'm going to wonder whether he did that because he wasn't able to do that in two 45-minute episodes. Um, I mean, it, it was quite interesting. What, what was I found really strange about this was... I can accept... Uh, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, put some background in. Let's have some background on the characters. I quite yeah. liked the, the picture it painted of the, the two of, of him and... Um, what was his name? Uh, pain. Yeah, I quite like the fact that they didn't like each other, and they was totally different characters mm. to that, and it set that up. Well, wasn't in the book? Wasn't Pain sort of the one who who owned the um the garage? Yeah, that they went to, and he was the one who just started did a few dodgy motors now and again. He wasn't really, he wasn't a wheelman or anything. He just sort of like got got you a motor if you needed one. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so I mean, for uh, as you say, from that point of view, it wasn't. It was. It was good to sort of give everyone a bit of a, a bit of a background and, a, and sort of establish some sort of relationships between them, which is, which is what you expect the book to do, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I've got no no problem with that. It just seemed to be odd. Then we just lost, but we lost bits from the TV. You can't understand why it needed to lose bits that were in the TV show. Like yeah. actually, we didn't have the two sewermen at the start. No, they're completely gone. Not not even which which actually looking back, I can sort of understand it because there wasn't any necessarily need for them, and it sort of works. I think slightly better that the fact that the Cybermen coming through the wall is more of a surprise later on. Yeah, admittedly, it would have been more of a surprise if the story wasn't called Attack of the Cybermen. The Cybermen. Well, I think this is another. I mean, obviously, we we read the book and then we go and compare it to the to the DVD version. Yeah. Um, and one thing that's sort of this this is called Attack of the Cybermen. There's not a lot of attacking going on, is there? No. Really, I, I'm still struggling to figure out why it's actually called Attack of the Cybermen because there is no. Attack by the Cybermen whatsoever, unless they're talking about the, the you know the previous invasion of Telos or something. I've got no idea, but um, it's sort well, of. Well, I, su- I suppose they're leading up to an attack, aren't they? This is this is actually what gets stopped. But you them. can't exactly call the book "Leading Up to an Attack of the <laughs> Cybermen." <It's> a... <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think it would have been even more more of a spoiler title if they said the failed attack of the Cybermen. <laughs> attack of the Cybermen postponed to bad weather. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's just that's just weird. It's just really weird. Well, it's just not really, not a lot of anything going on really. And I think this is my problem with, with the story. This because we we did a, a commentary for this as well, didn't we? Yeah. Um, a few years ago, 
And I think the whole thing is there's just not a lot really goes on in this. Now, one of the things that the book did seem to eject was a lot of the continuity references. Um, you still got the thing about, you know, the Doctor sort of, you know, wanting to destroy Mondas and everything, but the whole, when they land in the scrapyard. Yeah. It, it's no. not alluded to, it's no alluded to, it's Totter's Lane. No. You know, it's you know it's the, the Foreman Scrapyard, so that's completely excised from the book. Um, which to be, to be fair, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, quite happy I, with that. To be I'm honest. happy with it, that. Yeah, it didn't um, need to be, and I suspect that was more a case of someone in production saying, "I tell you what, would be funny if we put a sign outside." Well, that's probably Ian Levine more yeah. than anyone else, actually, because apparently he was the the um, advisor, the continuity advisor. But there's one other thing as as well that. Um, Eric Sowell introduced was the um, the regeneration hormone that makes them regenerate Lindos yeah which I thought was a chocolate but um, <laughs> but um, why 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 bother mentioning that probably because you can no... I suppose if you're... I know but is it ever mentioned again no is it mentioned it's, previously it's I, I, no exactly um I just don't know. Again, it just—I just sort of um, the bloody midi chlorians out of uh, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Again, you didn't like then. You didn't need to know it. No, you just accepted it. You know, it's the false. You don't need to know about you know these bloody midi chlorians, and I don't need to know about uh, Time Lords hormones either. So, <laughs> oh god, yeah, that was just really, um, really weird. Um, but but stuff I did like in the book actually. I mean, if we start, stick to those first three chapters or whatever. I mean, which yeah. I did actually, which I have to say, I did actually like. I did like. I thought it set scene quite well. Apart from, yeah, I was struggling with you trying to get the image of Charlie Griffiths and Brian Glover as two separate people. So. <laughs> <laughs> a oh bit, God, a bit yeah. much. But but the fact of Payne's cha- chain smoking. Yeah, and then basically the reason why he goes off and says. In the in the story, it's in the TV thing. It's Russell says, "I can hear something." Yeah, and they send Payne off. That's but right. I think in the book it works much better that it's Payne says, "Oh, I can hear something," and it's actually just a ruse to go off and have a smoke. Yeah, like I, I, that's that's a bit more sort of real world, isn't it? You can imagine mm. someone who is a chain smoker. I'm dying for a cigarette, and then. Um, just nipping off for a, for a crafty ciggy, yeah, you know. So yeah, that I mean that and gets that caught, works, basically. yeah, and get, yeah. yeah, basically, basically. Um, but I say it wouldn't be um, Eric Saywood, really, because you, you you get to chapter two, and one character in this case, Payne, has their spinal cord snapped. Yeah, by yeah. Um, so st- straight away, the, the 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 death and destruction has, has started to rain down, isn't it? So. And that sort of oh. carries on th- throughout the the book slightly, doesn't it? Um, Although I have to say, that jump jumping right to the, towards the end, yeah, obviously as we always say, spoilers. As we always, exactly. Um, actually, Lytton's torture <clears throat> by the Cybermen is probably downplayed in the more in the book than it is in the. It kind of is, isn't it? Really. I mean, I was really after that. I was really expecting to hear the, and then the little finger snapped. Then, he, then his yeah. thumb, and the, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it didn't. It yeah. just literally was the, the the pain from being of the crushing, but not really. There was there was no talk about blood or anything, was there? No. Which, the only thing that was a bit more graphic is when he was being um, converted. 
Yeah. And he when he's tried to to start to fight it. Yeah. He he let out a, a scream. Yeah. Because it was it was painful to fight. So because um, in the in the the TV he just sort of stands there like a zombie, doesn't he? In that in that sort of that that cubicle. Yeah. So it's um, so he, I mean, and the other thing as well, and again skipping forward a little bit to um, the Flast character that the Doctor um, finds in the refrigeration unit where it is um, in the book Disfigured. Yes. Now, I was, and I don't think it's supposed to sort of highlight the the Solomon's cruelty, but if the Solomon a bit emotionless, cruelty wouldn't come into it, really, would it? No. But I, I, I mean, well, I suppose they could torture in terms of trying to get information without needing yeah. to um, at all be. Yeah. Because I mean, in, I mean, again, in the book when Flast um, meet meets her end, um, she basically dissolves, doesn't she? Yeah. Whereas in, in the TV version, it's just. Um, a little bit of dry ice comes out from under a cape. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, sus- I, I suspect it had more to do with effects they could do. Rather than <laughs> well, again, I mean, I why, why to do? Rather. Yeah, I oh, know exactly. I mean, it's just the the thing. It's that whole thing. It's got to be fairly. Someone has to melt. You know, mm. this it's got to be fairly graphic. Mm. You know, um, it's, it's just something that Eric Sol just seems to pile on the misery, doesn't he? So. And it is—it's kind of the whole thing with the, with the the heroes in this particular story, and it's exactly the same on the TV as well. Um, it all ends in disaster for everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, including the Doctor, because I mean, he—you he, know—he misjudges um, Lytton, um, and the Simon fail. All the good guys fail, and everybody dies basically. As again, it's a typical Eric Saywood script, isn't it? So yeah, the, the pilot um, and. Engineer from the time machine. Yeah. Now, now I'm I, in the book. Was it the time machine that the Cybermen were going to use? It had crashed, and they would force people to to repair it, but they couldn't actually fly it. Now I don't. Re- and in the TV version, that's alluded to as well. But then you see the time ship land. Yeah, I mean, I don't so, know. I, 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 I don't know. Was I missing something there? I think there's a sense that they can. It it flies, but they don't know really how to pilot it properly. Yeah. So I, they can go back. They can. They have, obviously have been able to go back in time in it. Yeah. And whatever. But you don't know whether that's more because they've sort of rudimentary been shown how to fly it by Payne and Stratton. But they don't really understand. I think it's more supposed to be that they don't understand how it works. Yeah. They might be able to work it, but they don't know how how it works to um to be able to reproduce it. Because mm. at the end, when in the, on the TV version, it's a Cyberman that kills um uh, what was it uh, Stratton and um, Griffiths. Yeah. And Bates gets electrocuted on on, on the door. Now, in in the book, it just says like the thin laser beams come out. It doesn't actually say it's a Cyberman, does it? No. That kills them. It, it's it, it's more alluded to. It's more of a booby trap. Yeah. That that's, that's been set up. Um, which well, that... kind of fit kind of fits in with the whole electrified door thing, doesn't it? Yeah, and we sort of had the you sort of almost go back to Tomb of the Cybermen there, don't you? Yes. And the um, put the two doors 
together creating the circuit. Yeah. Yeah, with that, that whole Tobin, t- that, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he sort of, he sort of mixes the things up a little bit in in the book, doesn't he? Um, also, the character of Lytton. How do you think he's, he's, he, he, the the character comes off in the book? Because we now get his first name as well, don't we? Yes. Um, um, I actually, it's sort of he does come across a lot more. I mean, in the book, he's just particularly. Straight down the middle, there's nothing really much going on. Even, no. I mean, because I'd actually even forgotten the sort of scene with the, with him, going on about. So the doctor, no, go and tell us what happened to Mondas. Yeah. Um, but it's played much more in the book, isn't it? The fact that he's actually starting to enjoy. He's actually sort of you get him enjoying himself in this situation, don't you? Hmm. You do. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Because even the... even Griffiths says you get the Griffiths thinking, don't you? That all the time on Earth, he hardly his face hardly broke a smile. Yeah. And now he seems to be quipping quite regular. Yeah. And so Griffiths wasn't too sure whether he, he liked um, Lytton smiling. Didn't yeah. He? Sort of like yeah. So as you prefer, he sort of knew, knew kind of knew where he stood when he was just remained straight faced all the time. Yeah, um, which I thought was quite um, quite interesting. Um, now the other thing, as as well, there's a couple of things that um, I think are missing from the TV version. Uh, is Perry like carrying a gun in the sewers? Now she doesn't do that, does she, in the TV version that I, that I can recall? Um. She does handle a gun at one particular when she's got the um, the, the two policemen. Yeah. She has one of them at gunpoint. Um, but I don't recall her handling a gun in the sewer. I don't know. TV. I think she does put it in her pocket, though, before they set off down... I, do you know what? I cannot remember. The, um... Cause, cause I made into a note the sewer. Of that. Yeah, I made a note of that when I was, when I was sort of reading the book. Um, and I just put two question marks against it as well, so I can't actually remember whether it was actually... Um, in, in the TV version or not. Because certainly the only gun that's used is uh, Payne's one, isn't it? Yeah. That they've obviously taken from his body. That's right, that, yeah. Um, Russell uses then on the Cybermen in the TARDIS. Yeah. Which actually, Which that that scene is, is pretty much played down a bit to a certain extent. The, the shooting of the Cybermen on the TV... Through the mouth doesn't yeah. get uh, mentioned in the book. No, it doesn't. No, that that, that you're right. That is played down actually. There's there's a um, there's a few things in in the TARDIS that have um, sort of changed somewhat as well. There was a bit where um, Griffiths and Lytton start to argue, and Perry steps in between them yeah. to basically stop a fight because in it's the Griffiths is because Lytton's oh, he does in the TV version, and I think he does it slightly more in the book. Is continually needling Griffiths well, all the this, way through, isn't well, it? This is the thing, isn't it? This is this is the uh, change in temperament of Lytton. Yeah. Um, once they actually encounter yeah. the Cybermen, because I mean, Griffiths is more—he's sort of like he—he he, he knows how to handle himself in a fight, and he was quite willing to have a have a go at Lytton at this point. Yeah. And it was only Perry that steps in to sort of split them up. Yeah. Um, which I thought was an interesting, um, interesting thing to do. Um. 
but also the, the distress call to the Time Lords. Yeah. Now, that's never explicitly mentioned, is it, in the TV version? No, other than he, he, he does... He does send a distress call, he doesn't actually yes. say who to. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you're supposed to assume it's the Time Lords, but it's very, it, it is explicit in the book. It says yeah. you send a, call, a distress, you know, distress call to the Time Lords. Yeah, and while they so, might not be bothered about him, they'd be bothered about the fact of a Cyberman getting hold of a TARDIS. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Which actually sort of makes more sense to the conversation with Flast and in the uh, freezer room. Doesn't it? The fact that when he realises actually, while he's waiting for the Time Lords, he's waiting for the Time Lords to come and rescue him. Actually, realises that he's the person the Time Lords are sending. Sending, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 there's, there's a couple of sort of decent little twists in this, but um, I don't know if it, it really adds anything. No, to, to the overall overall story, really. Um, I mean, and it wasn't. Uh, it was. It was. I read it really, really quickly as well. There wasn't, as I say, there's not an awful lot to it. No, to be honest. I, th- I think. I think it did. I think it did flow better as a book than it did as a TV. Mainly because you didn't get so much jumping around. Yeah. When you watch yeah, the TV series after watch reading the book, you realise just how like you'd have one scene of Lytton, one scene of the Doctor, one scene of Stratton and Bates, and ch- jumping backwards and. Ra- all over the place. Yeah. Um, with the book, it does flow better. I'm sure. I, I, I think. Oh no, it does. No, I, I, I don't. Um, I don't disagree with that. And uh, whether whether that was a, a hindsight decision, that no, this really needs to have been done this way. And it would have been interesting to have watched it that way. Although I'm not quite sure that the doctor not appearing till 20 minutes into. A, an episode would have necessarily have worked, well, or, no, would have, or, it, would, or would have been wanted by the BBC. I think it would have worked. I'm just not quite sure that well, anyone would have, have done. People would have turned around and said, "What's happening there?" Yeah. Now I think that. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I've, my overall sort of problem with with with, with this um, story. Um, there's a couple of, th- in the, especially in the book, there's a couple of things he kind of screws up, really. Um, there's the bit where um, he describes about the workers on Telos have all got, um, all been sort of partially um, cybernized. Yeah. Um, but in the, and then later on in the book, um, I think it's Bates, isn't it, who, sh- who shows off his cyberized arm. Yeah. And everything. But, in the book, that sort of, that that's like a, a shock reveal on the TV, isn't it? That particular yeah. bit, you don't know at that, that, at that time that he's you know he's, he's got like a both their arms and legs have, have been removed. But he, he he gives that away in the book. So again, it's that little twist, and he's he's ruined it for himself. And I, I can't actually figure out why. Hmm. To be honest, he, he would do that. But my other problem in this this story is, well, is that actually the Cybermen. And there's one particular comment that just sort of sums it up. Um, is when the crimes are trying to get Perry on back onto the TARDIS, and they said the Cyberman will be easy to destroy. I think that's the problem, because once they get to Telos, the Cybermen dropping like flies. Yeah, they don't appear to be an unstoppable force. Um, and the Cyber Controller is 
I think one of the other things that maybe works slightly better is, is the Sober Controller because he's only really sort of alluded to in the book. You don't see in the TV version, you see a lot of him, don't you? Keep yeah. cutting back to Cyber Control. But in the book, he just sort of like, you're going to be taken to see the Cyber Controller. And there's not a lot of action happens in Cyber Control. No. In the book, to be honest. So, um, and I think that the, 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 um, the saving of Mondas is played up more in the book as well, I thought. Particularly from the Cyber Controller. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I think the the sound mix on the TV version, I don't know if it was, it, it was just me or you, you thought the same, is that to try and understand what Michael Kilgariff was saying once his voice had been modulated, it was pretty difficult to understand. Now, whether I missed, whether I missed all the Mondas conversation because I couldn't understand what he was saying half the time. No, I don't think so. I think it was just more... Yeah, there seems to be just more a case of... Well, he seems to be... In in the TV series, he seems to be... There's not actually much of an idea that they're not in the same place all the time, is there? Because it's so interlinked. Yeah. Whereas in the the book, you have got the pretty much the cyber leader on Earth. Mm. And really, it's not until you get to Telos that the cyber controller comes into it. Yeah. But in the book, the Simon don't really play a, 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 a massive part in it. They're just sort of spoken about more than actually sort of anything really written about them. No. They're I spoken mean, about by the other characters. You I know. mean, they are really supposed to be a um, reduced service, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which actually in the book is good, because when Lytton realises early on, after capture... Yeah. From what they're saying, that they just haven't got the men power to do what they want to do. No, because I think because the because you got the whole thing, the crimes of the sort of you know um, tampering with the freezers, aren't they? Yeah, really. So, or or um, have put something into the whatever it was that they was using to sleep poison. Or yeah, yeah whatever poison. It was. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was and had uh, sent the ones I, that they revived being revived mad, basically. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's certainly come across on the on the TV anyway. But, yeah. Um, but there, there was just one um, sort of last thing, sort of note I I I sort of put down really, and that was the um, when uh, going back to when Griffiths died in the book, he died with a big grin on his face because he, he had two million pounds worth of uncut diamonds in his pocket, and he sort of like he died going out in style. Yeah. Um, and I I I, I sort of kind of quite like that. To be honest, you know, he just sort of like, oh well, I've got you know, I've got cash on the hip, and I've you know, he sort of you know, I suppose in his mind, he, he died a, a, a heroic death, didn't he? Yeah. In, in his mind, but in, in the in the uh, <laughs> in the TV version, it's just a big, big mad panic to get away from the Cybermen coming out the door. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, other bits just 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 the, the other bit that actually struck me was. From different from the TV that just wasn't included in the book, the need to get a cyber head. That's true. Just not there at all in the book. It's not, is it? And actually, that was quite a good. That's one of the things that made sense in the TV yeah. version. <laughs> and actually, you just don't get a hell of a lot of uh, Bates and Stratton in the book. No. They escape, and you get the he, he him freezing. Hmm. But it's. 
getting the third member killed rather than not getting the head. Yeah. And then not really a lot of them until Lytton arrives. Whereas yeah. in the TV, you do get them planning and trying to work out what they've done, going after the other Cybermen. Yeah. To get the head again. Yeah. Which is totally not in the book. Yeah, and that's one of the things that did make sense. Yeah. He, he, he sort of excised that from the plot. I, 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 yeah, I don't quite know. Um, I mean, what did make why. more sense was the fact that in the book, they was both able to out-sprint Lytton and Griffiths because yeah. of their cybernised parts. Yeah. Whereas in the TV thing, they was asking for a break, weren't they? Because they were so... Because he was knackered. So, certainly yeah, Stratton was. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make any sense that because he sort of they said, you know, we've when later both later say to um, Griffiths and Lytton that they've, you know, their arms and legs have been replaced, and as you say, he's he's waiting for he's waiting to get his breath back. So I, I can't go on. I'm too tired. Tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think the book oh, the book did clean up things. I mean, that, that that was the main one actually. I thought because that was actually a reasonable plot point because there is no sense to what. Stratton and Bates were going to do once they'd escaped, was there? No, none of them. Um, or how no. they was going to get into cyber control or whatever. Yeah. But that actually did make sense that, yeah, they was going to... Obviously, because they had the arms and the legs, all they needed then was to get a cost, get the body costume bit, which they probably yeah. had as well, and just get a head to clear out to put on, to be yeah. prisoner and escort. But yeah, just totally not bothered. Just couldn't be bothered with it. You almost got a feeling just couldn't be bothered with it. <laughs> you do get the feeling the bit he enjoyed was the cops and robbers bit at the beginning, and all the killings. <laughs> yeah, and once we sort of got into space, once we got on Telos, he wasn't really that bothered one way or the other. No, no, it it, it did kind of seem that way, didn't it? Yeah, because so, I, I quite like yeah. the bit. Getting back to so the bit I do like is the cops. The fact that going through the whole police procedure, how did the police end up getting there? With the why they didn't arrest him. Yeah. Even to the muddled thinking that let him have that much uh, explosive. Yeah, just because it, they just didn't understand. They, they, they was just to- so totally confused by who Lytton was. Well, may- maybe that um, he was more interesting writing, a, as you say, a crime thriller. Yeah. Maybe sci-fi th- is think, not his forte. I, th- I, don't I, think, know. I think he'd have really liked just to have jettisoned the the Telos bit and just let have the the That's... crime caper on, on yeah. Earth. Yeah. I mean, we, well, we've barely mentioned the Doctor or Perry in this, have we? Um, and, well... Because they're not in it a lot, to be not. honest. They're not. He's, he's, more is... interested, he's more interested in Lytton... Yeah, and then than anybody else, because um, I'm, I'm assuming it's his character. Yeah, the creator for, for Resurrection of the Daleks. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's I, I can't really comment about the Doctor and Perry in this book. To be fair, no, they're just sort of there, aren't they? You could have substituted them for any two other characters, really. Uh, just. Changed the you know got rid of the TARDIS for something something different. It was just yeah, it, it's just peculiar, very peculiar. That's uh, yeah. I mean but, the, the, doc, the whole you know the bit about the doctor where the doctor and Perry are involved is the relationship between the doctor and Perry, which is totally unnecessary to the story. Yes, 
Indeed. Actually, talking of Perry, the one thing that was removed in the book was the cliffhanger when the um, the servant threatened to, to just march in the time after they killed Russell and said, right, you know, kill her. Yeah. As well. That was completely missing, wasn't it, mm. from the book? So I don't know whether... The, I'm OK, you, you don't really need a, a cliffhanger. It would have been a way to end the chapter, put it that yeah. way. And the fact, yeah, that he self-sets the TARDIS to self-destruct. Yeah. Unless they release her. Well, that was missing from the book completely, wasn't the self-destruct yeah. bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only thing you get there is the the more explanation to the um, to the message to the Time Lords. Yeah. It is almost as if like they they did basically tell him, "You've got so many words you can use." <laughs> <laughs> but it was though. Weren't you? you did get the feeling to to put something in, he had to take something out. Yeah. You you, you can have a like you can do you can have five thousand words. Yeah. No more, no less. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a mission it, yeah. should you choose to accept it. But yeah, it, it, it did come across like because he did seem to excise out the, the things that kind of made sense. <laughs> yeah. So because because we cause we got Griffiths' background, then we had to lose the the cyber head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, as 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 far as I oh, know, we've we've sort of discussed it in detail and probably ruined it for everybody. But would you recommend this book? Um, I'd recommend it more than the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I recommend this more than the Twin Dilemma. Put it that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, unless you really like cat space Cats. talk. <laughs> um. Oh, the other, the other, the other, the other change in this for oh, for reasons, <laughs> the smallest change possible. Mm. When Lytton says where he, which planet he comes from, Griffiths turns around to him. And in the book, he says you. He said you came from North London. And in the TV series, he says you said you you came from Fulham. Fulham, yeah. <laughs> why? What, 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 what was? What, why did? Why did he feel he had to change that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Fulham Fulham Council. <laughs> yeah. Unbridge at the TV version or something. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no. I've got no answer for that. <laughs> But you just thought it's just a change for the sake of making a change. It is really, isn't it? It is. Oh god. Oh well. Never mind. Never mind. It, it, it's another target book crossed off the list. Put it that yes. way. Put it that way. And it, it wasn't. Um, well, I'll put it. I, I wasn't expecting anything else. To be honest with you, I kind of expected what this book was going to be. Um, particularly after the. The you know the the last Sayward book we um, we we reviewed. Like so, I, um, I, said, I think it I think it was better than I expected to be honest. Yes, yes, but indeed, that's indeed. Not saying that it was good. Yeah, no, it's everything I expected it to be, full of cats and death. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's damning with faint praise. I've, I've no idea. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I think that probably just wraps up our review. Actually, cats and death it does. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think it does. Um, so when we're back um, week after next, we're back to doing uh, Big Finish again, aren't we? Yes. Which we haven't actually chosen yet. We no. haven't decided what we're going to do. So we'll, um, as usual, because um, we're so disorganised, we'll uh, let you know um, what we're going to be covering on our Facebook page and on our Twitter page um, as well. Um, but before we before we wrap up, there's just one thing. Um, I posted up on our Facebook group. There's the... Um, British Podcast Awards are happening this year and there's a listener choice category um, and if you would care to vote 
um, for this very podcast in that. Um, and I'll put a link up in the show notes as well. But if you go to www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote, um, then you just search for our podcast in there um, and you can sort of register a vote if, if you would care to do so. Um, and if you if you do, uh, it'll be very much appreciated because um, I, I think this is this is the very first British podcast awards as well. Yes, as I understand. So, um, so this this is just for the listener choice um, category. Um, and one final shout out is to our um, listener and um, occasional um, contributor as well, John Michael Lindsay, um, who got engaged um, to his now fiance um, Polly Ashness at the weekend so uh, congratulations to you both yes congratulations congratulations so a little shout out to you to, to you both there hope you um hope you have a, a bright future ahead of you so that's what i'm gonna say so um i think that, that pretty much wraps it up then doesn't it It does yes it does indeed so until next time then it is goodbye from me phil and goodbye from me paul goodbye to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.